Hello and welcome to Houdat Nation Live. I'm your host, Kevin Boylard. With me is your expert, Brandon Long of the New Orleans Saints on 24-7 Sports. We've got an awesome show today, a lot to get to, so let's get right to it. We're going to start with some breaking news yesterday, yes. but still pretty big for Saints fans. Cameron Meredith, the Bears refused to sign his offer sheet that the Saints extended. Therefore, Drew Brees has a new weapon. Kevin, let me just say, uh, the Bears just made the worst decision of the year by not bringing Cameron Meredith back. Uh, if you go back to the 2016 season, he was their best receiver. Um, has the connection with Curtis Johnson, who right now is the Saints' wide receivers coach. By the way, 66 receptions for nearly 900 yards and four touchdowns in that in that season. Uh, didn't have a lot of stability at quarterback either. So he's coming into here um, with a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's coming in with um, a better offense, a better coaching staff. And, you know, he's, he's going to probably come in here with a chip on his shoulder because they told him they were scared uh, for his knee injury. You know, last year he tore his ACL and his MCL in the preseason. was all out last year. But, oh, by the way, the Bears signed Alan Hearns, who had, what, the same injury here. So... He's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder. He's going to play, if I had to guess, on the outside of Michael Thomas. So he'll be your Z, where Ted Ginn, they'll probably move him into the slot. Man, a dynamic passing game right there for Drew Brees coming in. We're going to continue to break down that Cameron Meredith story. Also, we'll be talking about Lamar Jackson and his recent visit to the New Orleans Saints. And then we will be breaking down a full New Orleans Saints mock draft to find out where they should go in each round of this year's draft, this month's draft. It's, cur it's, yeah. it's, it's right here. around the corner. It's here. And, of course, late uh, we'll wrap things up with the mailbag. First, I want to say what's up to everyone in the comments. Jeff's saying it's awesome. Keep it up. We will, Jeff, uh, as long as you keep those comments flowing for your questions. We do want to get to all of your questions today. So make sure you're dropping them in the, in the comment section below. I'll be watching them while Brandon's breaking down the latest. So Cameron Meredith, you said you think he's going to play opposite Michael Thomas. Where do you think he kind of stands? What is the projection? Is he a 1,000-yard receiver? He's coming off a season where he missed right. the entire uh, year with an injury, but he did have almost 900 yards a season before that and a pretty bum Bears offense. Can right. he be a 1,000-yard receiver for the Saints? I don't know if he can be a 1,000-yard receiver because you have so many weapons with this offense. You have to remember, we just signed Benjamin Watson to a deal. Um, more than likely, they're going to look to add a tight end in the draft. We'll get to that briefly here. But then you've got Michael Thomas, who was a 1,000-yard receiver last year. You had Mark Ingram and uh, Alvin Kamar. They combined for over 130 receptions. So to say that he's going to be a 1,000-yard receiver... It's, it's a bold move there, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if he's not because Drew Brees has said this over the, over the past few seasons. This offense now with this running game and now they have a passing game, it's more balanced. And so the more balanced, the better for them right now. We saw some of Drew Brees' numbers dip slightly last year, but, of course, the Saints had one of their best years in recent right. memory, uh, and a lot of that had to do with that offensive balance. In the comments, Tim says, he'll have a 1,000-yard season and probably over 100 catches. I think that's more Michael Thomas territory, and uh, maybe uh, Meredith will be more of a complimentary figure in that Saints offense this year. But continue to get your comments, questions, hot takes about Cameron Meredith in the comment section, and we'll continue to read them out. I see Aaron Grisham in the comments right now, and I know he's a big Bears fan, not happy about losing Cam Meredith. He says, 
Cam Meredith, can he take lessons that he learned from the GOAT, Mitchell Trubisky, and pass them along to Drew Brees? Oh, man, that, that, that's a no-brainer here. Like, he is going to play with arguably a top-three quarterback of all time. He's a first-ballot Hall of Famer uh, on the field and off the field. I mean, Drew Brees is a perfect quarterback for a young receiver to learn from. And, and Cameron Meredith even said it yesterday. He chose the New Orleans Saints so he could go play with Drew Brees. Those opportunities don't come along very often, especially in this league. Um, so he's he's going to take it, and I think it's going to be it's it's a great move for for Cameron Meredith, and it's definitely a great move for for the New Orleans Saints moving forward. D in the comment section says, "Welcome to the Saints, number eighty-one. Use that black and gold." No, Drew is the goat. Please. Yes, that is right, D. We got some Bears trolls. I guess they're just a little salty about losing their star receiver, but the Saints will happily use him, and I think you speak for everyone when you welcome him to the black and gold. All right, moving on. Let's talk about Lamar Jackson and his recent visit. Any word on how that went? Big news earlier this week was Lamar Jackson visiting the New Orleans Saints. Now, not a new name that we've mentioned on this show. No, not at all. <laughs> I, I personally love Lamar Jackson. I do too. And I, I would say who that nation loves Lamar Jackson. Um, and so when that came out, uh, I got excited, to be honest with you. Uh, obviously with us having the first pick, and at pick number 27 in the first round, excuse me there, uh, it would be an interesting uh, interesting pick for him. Sean Payton's already come out and praised Lamar, how much he loves his athleticism, his versatility, um, and he's the complete opposite of Drew Brees. He's also gone on record to say that he's not looking for another Drew Brees. And so if you look at that from those comments, Lamar Jackson is the absolute opposite of, uh, of Drew Brees. Uh, as far as now, people are going to question his, his stats in college. That's fine. Uh, I think as far as what you look at the system that he played in, Louisville is a very pro-friendly type of system. He's athletic. Uh, some people are going to question, is he going to stay in the pocket or is he just going to be a run-first run kind of quarterback? Well, you bring him in with Drew Brees, he gets two years to learn from one of the greatest, as we've already mentioned here. And that's a good point because I see a lot of fans in the comments section who aren't so super excited about, that's down the line. We got an opportunity right here. Why are we talking about Lamar Jackson? Well, you have to keep the quarterback position is very important and Drew Brees can't play forever. But... Did the Saints find themselves in kind of a strange situation where you want to win now and getting Drew Brees a first-round pick on someone who's actually going to play is more beneficial to his chances of getting a second ring as opposed to what the franchise does after he's gone? I think that's a tough situation that they're in right now, and that's one um, that they're – I guarantee you that front office is struggling with that because, you know, last year they went on a deep run, you know, one missed tackle away – and who knows? They could have been playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl, for all we know. Um, I think if you look long-term, Lamar Jackson would be the correct pick. If you want right now, is which everyone, we live in a right-now society. Everyone wants to win right now. He may not be the right pick for you. Yeah, I think the Saints are going to have to weigh those options when they get there. Lamar Jackson, if he's there when the Saints pick, it's going to be tough not to pull the trigger because he's fantastic. I see in the comment section Kenny saying Jackson is very mobile. That is an understatement. Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson rushed for more yards than Saquon Barkley did in college, and I know that's a stat that you and I are both very fond of. Right, uh, and that's the thing. Like he, he will change this offense. And Sean Payton would build this offense around him. So I think he likes the idea of how creative he could potentially get with Lamar Jackson, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, 
Michael Thomas. I mean, you, you would have boom, zoom, and vroom, dare I say. <laughs> I got a commenter here. I got to mention it's Glenn. He says, what are the chances Eli comes home and backs up Drew? Uh, zero at this point. Yeah, uh, I think so, too. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> grew up a Giants fan, a big Eli supporter over here. So... Uh, I would like to see Drew Brees and Eli Manning both starting in the NFL for as long as possible. Okay, so we've talked quarterback and we've talked about who's going to be catching those passes and Cam Meredith. Let's move on to this full mock draft, which was put together by our own James Parks, correct? Correct. All right, so let's kick it with the first round and see where they get started. And it's not Lamar Jackson. It's not. And I think... A lot of Saints fans, you may be upset about this, but at the same time, the ones that have been tuning in, you you, you know that um, the last few pre-draft visits have been all defensive players, so it shouldn't be any shock right now. Uh, Sean Payton has gone on record saying that he needs an edge guy. He needs linebackers. There are holes on that defense. We saw it last year uh, with six starters going down throughout the season. And so adding depth and adding playmakers on defense is a priority. So uh, with the first round, we've got Lander Vander Esch, Leighton Vander Esch. Say that one three times fast. It's a mouthful. It is. From Boise State. Um, Fantastic playmaker. Can he play at the next level against elite competition? As you know, uh, playing out in the Mountain West is not playing in the SEC. Mm -hmm. And, yes, that's right. The Boise State competition is going to be a question. However, he's a fast-rising guy. A lot of people excited about Van Der Esch. And it would be consistent with what the Saints have been doing, kind of rebuilding that defense, focusing on that side of the ball a little bit more, and not just relying on Drew Brees to bail them out of every game. Right, absolutely. And, you know, bringing in somebody like this, it's going to shore up your core on, on in your front seven here. It adds depth because that's what bit us in the rear end last year was the lack of depth. And you saw that at the end of uh, at the tail end of the season. You know, we're calling on guys that you've never heard of it for some guys uh, to make big plays. You shore it up now with young guys. You build them up. They don't necessarily have to start right away, mm-hmm. is which I think if he comes in, he's going to – not, I'm not going to say he's going to be a day-one starter. He's going he's gonna to add competition. He's going to get a look. That's for yeah, sure. Absolutely. They're going to give him every chance to, get, to play in that role. Okay, so a lot of fans here, Michael being one of them, I saw saying that – oh, I'm sorry, it was Brian in the comment section saying that Dallas Goddard is his guy for the first round at tight end. Well, the Saints don't pick in the second round, but in the third round, they may be able to get a tight end that will keep those Goddard fans happy. Right, and you guys have known this too from day one. Goddard has been my guy, but now, like I said, I'm leaning more towards defense. You get into that third round because we don't have that second round pick, you can still grab a great tight end. Mike Jacecki out of Penn State. Um, Great pass catch and tight end. Similar type of game than Goddard. Doesn't really, he's not a great run blocker. But he's that athletic guy that we want uh, to create those mismatch problems for those defenses in the NFC South. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's a pretty decent pickup, especially considering the Saints are kind of in a state of flux with tight end. They moved away from Ben Watson, let him walk in free agency, picked up Kobe Fleener, was real disappointed, went back to Ben Watson. Right. They've kind of been trying to figure out that position ever since Jimmy Graham left. And after missing out on Jimmy Graham in free agency this year, I understand why the Saints fans want the team to make a splash at the tight end position. And right, the tight end is going to be a point of emphasis in the draft. As you mentioned, we brought back Benjamin Watson. They still have Kobe Fleener. Uh, as we know, that's to be determined. I looked, I would not be surprised if they cut him on that post-June 1st date. 
Um, that would give them about three million in salary cap savings there. Now, if they were to restructure, that's about three seven. So, but I don't think Kobe Fleener is going to want to restructure a deal. Uh, I don't know what the market is for him either at this point. A 30-year-old aging, injury-prone tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, then you look at Josh Hill, who was serviceable last year as well. And, of course, you know my favorite one to, to say, Michael Hamanawanui. I knew you'd get that reference. I was going to get point. it in, exactly. Um, I, I think you're, you're able, if you look at, you'd have Benjamin Watson, um, who, whomever you draft. Uh, if, you get my, if you're lucky to get Jacecki in the third round, uh, you probably keep Michael Hamano, uh, Hamanawanui around as well. He's a great blocker, um, and he's able to catch. He, he can make some plays down the field in the red zone as well. Before we move on to what the Saints do in the fourth round, Michael has listed his biggest needs for the Saints to address, and I know you have some prepared, so I do want to get to that real quick. He says defensive end, quarterback, linebacker, tackle, tight end, running back. Does that match your list of needs? I would say with the the defensive end, uh, number one, uh, linebacker, number two, then I would go uh, tight end, number three. Yeah, it's hard to believe running back, too. Running back. Uh, Yeah, well... He's probably referring to Mark Ingram's a free agent next year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to dig deep into what the running back market's going to be for next season, that's looking way downfield. He's going to garner upwards of $6 million a year, and he's approaching 30. We know how 30-year-old running backs in the NFL tend to lean on as far as production goes. So That's kind of the cutoff point. Yeah, absolutely. Unless you're Frank Gore, of course. And unless you're Frank Gore. All right, let's move on to round four then with pick number 20, 127, the Saints go offensive line. Saints go offensive line, an LSU star, uh, William Clapp, versatile guy. Um, as you know, we struggled last season with some injuries on the offensive line, but ended up having arguably the best offensive line in the NFL. What this guy brings, he can play multiple positions. So if Armstrong goes down with the shoulder again, you don't necessarily have to move Ramcheck around. You can keep him. You can keep him out at the right tackle, um, and that's key right now. So the the, the thing with this draft that you're going to see, yeah, we're going to fill some needs, but the biggest needs right now are going to be at depth. But these guys that you see at the depth position. They need to be able to come in and play right away. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And I think that's what they, the team is, uh, I think that's what Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis are really looking at. What kind of guy can I get that's versatile? Because if you look at here, you look, uh, Vander Esch, versatile guy. Uh, Jacecki, maybe not so much versatile. In the, but you look on defense, um, you've you got to be able to play multiple positions. you got to be able to make a difference on the depth side. And William Clapp on the offensive line would actually, uh, you know, like I said, he gives you depth, versatility. And right now you're seeing that shift in offensive line. Um, These guys have to be able to play multiple positions. And that's good for the Saints, especially since they lost uh, offensive lineman Senio Calamete to free agency. He signed with the Houston Texans, and he's going to get a chance to start. That's a guy who came off the bench and was able to play all five positions across the offensive line for the Saints. So a guy like Clapp, if he's able to do even a fraction of what Calamete was able to do, uh, that's very good news for the Saints if that's what they tend uh, happen to do in round four. So they've got a ton of fifth and sixth round picks, so let's get started with their first fifth round pick. I know this guy quite personally. We've done an interview with him. It's Deshaun Hamilton. Deshaun Hamilton from Penn State. Uh, we've mentioned him before in a mock draft here. Now you're probably thinking, why in the world do we need another wide receiver? Well, this is if you can land Deshaun in the fifth round, I think he's an absolute steal. Uh, career reception leader at Penn State. All time. 
team captain, mm-hmm. so he's a high character guy. And oh, by the way, he gives you more. What are we talking about? The word of the day: depth. Vers- oh, yeah, versatility. Depth, depth, <laughs> and versatility, though. Um, but yeah, and so that's another word for the day too. Yeah. But um, he's another one that you're able to bring in. You have to think Willie Sneed's probably on his way out at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. And so I saw some fans in the comments saying Sneed's staying, Sneed is staying, but you know. If they're looking in another direction here, Hamilton's not a bad choice. Correct, exactly. Uh, and so he's he comes off as a guy that you don't have to worry about at 2 a.m. getting in trouble. Um, he's going to come in. He's going to work. Uh, and like you said, team captain, all-time reception leader at Penn State would be a bargain for the Saints. Yeah, I like Deshaun Hamilton. He hails from Fredericksburg, Virginia, home of the Mary Washington Eagles. So I like him a lot. Another fifth-round pick. They're going with a fullback? A fullback. And um, another head-scratcher move, not so fast. Uh, obviously, we just signed, re-signed Zach Line, but Dimitri Flowers out of Oklahoma um, brings a lot to this, would bring a lot to the offense uh, as far as lead blocking for Ingram or Kamara. Um, he's a great pass-catching uh, fullback, which are a dime a dozen these days. And so he could really open up the offense, whether it be down in the red zone, um, you know, at the goal line. I mean, he's a plug-and-play kind of guy. Uh, fifth round may be a little high for, for a fullback, but I, personally, I, I love that Sean Payton's one of the few coaches in this league that still installs um, a big guy to lead block. Yeah, and it's, believe me, that's that would make uh, the running backs down in New Orleans very, very happy to get another fullback back there. So, I like that pick of Dimitri Flowers. Now, moving on to the sixth round, the Saints go on the defensive side of the ball, but they stay in the trenches. They stay in the trenches here. Uh, they want to they shore up their defensive line. Uh, D-tackle, Puna Ford out of Texas. The biggest knock on him right now is his height. He's only coming in at 5'11", but he is a true run stopper, uh, coming in at 325 pounds. So he's a big guy. I, I would bet if he were another two or three inches ha- taller, he'd be a lot higher in these mock drafts right now. Um, again, gives you another guy that can come in, um, doesn't have to play right away, uh, can learn the system. He's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder because everyone his whole life told him he's not big enough. He's not, you know, he's not the, you know, the flashy recruit coming out of high school. Um, he wasn't, you know, obviously right here we've, we're mocking him. In, in the late to mid rounds. And so when you get a guy like that, he's going to come into training camp because he's going to have something to prove. If not, he's going to be packing his bags and he's going to be out. So mm-hmm. I love those type of guys. Some, you know, when it comes to later in the day on, on draft days, on the weekend, you're going to be like, who is this guy? Remember him because he will come in with a chip on his shoulder and he's going to give everything he's got. Um, again, Puna Ford out of Texas, uh, 5'11, 325. Big run stopper. Uh, I like the pick there. Sam in the comment section says, keep building young defense. Well, if they get Puna Ford in round six, that's exactly what they'll be doing. So they've got another sixth round pick. So four picks in the fifth and sixth round. So there's second pick in the sixth round. That's pick number 201. They stay on the defensive side of the ball and go to Ohio State, another big name program to get who? Uh, Damon Webb, uh, safety out of Ohio State. Again, we are chock full with young safeties, but you want to think long-term here. This is a long-term pick here that you're thinking. Uh, You've got uh, Von Bell, Marcus Williams, two young guys, but their contracts are eventually going to come up. You're you're not going to be able to keep everyone in that secondary. 
happy at least. You would love to, but at the end of the day, the NFL is a business. So being able to bring in another safety, we did lose Kenny Vaccaro. Remember that. So there is a depth, there is a need there. Um, again, he's going to be a special teamers if he makes the team, if he comes in. No question about that. Von Bell and Marcus Williams, they're your starting safeties for the Saints next season. Yeah, we saw Kenny Vaccaro meeting with the Miami Dolphins. This may be the end of the Kenny Vaccaro Saints marriage. I think yep. that may be over. So before we get to the final pick here in the seventh round, I do want to call out in the comment section Matt Urich of the Chicago Bears on 24-7 Sports. We forgot to mention it. But he's giving you a shout-out for your Illinois State shirt. I don't even think the fans get the reference, but maybe you can fill them in. Yeah, so the reference uh, is to Cameron Meredith. He is a former Redbird um, out of Bloomington Normal. So, And fortunate enough, I know a ton about that area because my wife is from that area. So I had to rock it today. I'm, I'm super pumped to, to get Cameron on that roster. Uh, I, I really am. And so I had to rock a little ISU for him today. <laughs> All right, so now back to our mock draft. And the final pick, it's another versatile offensive lineman out of LSU. And the name should ring a bell for you NBA fans out here. K.J. Malone. Yes, that Malone. It's Carl Malone's son. Again, seventh-round pick out of LSU. Um, he can play tackle. He can play guard. Again, they're trying to shore up this offensive line so we don't run into the problems that you had last season with the injuries. Um, I don't know if he would see the field in his rookie year. Let's hope he doesn't have to see the field in his rookie year. But an interesting pick there. Uh, the mailman son could be coming to Houdat Nation. One note here, may uh, Brand or Jace, Oh my goodness, James. James Park made in his mock draft right here. He said that the Saints, it's a weakness that they don't have a second round pick. How big of an issue do you think that is? I think it could be a, it could be a big issue. Um, and if you want to look at, there's a lot of talent in the top 150. One of our, even one of our readers had had a question here. We'll get to that here. That kind of, kind of like just rolls into the question here. Should the Saints trade down to the second round? Um, to acquire more picks, and I say that's not an act, that's not a bad idea, because then there's other options on defense that you need. You could get an Arden Key. You could get a Lorenzo Charles out of uh, excuse me, Lorenzo Carter. Lorenzo Charles is a basketball player from NC State. You got the, the you got already got the Carl Malone and you're yeah. You're, I'm, you I'm going basketball. So, um, but yeah, Lorenzo Carter out of Georgia. You could shore those guys up in the second round, save money. Because uh, you're not paying that first round cash. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I think they're going to stay in the first round. But as far as trying to find that next quarterback in the second round, those guys are going to be gone. Like the Mason Rudolphs, they're going to be gone. That comment about trading back in the mailbag coming from Daniel CC. what would you do? Would you trade back or would you just stick with your pick? I'm sticking with my picks at this point. Um, I really like Layton, uh, the kid out of Boise State. I'm warming up to the idea of Arden Key. Um, you know, as far as as long as they do their due diligence on him, as far as figuring out any off the field issues, he's a once in a in a lifetime talent. You know, if he performs like he did in 2016, he will fit into this defense quite well. And who that nation would love to see an LSU star on this team. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> the options are there. We saw them in this very mock draft. Another question from one of the members who dropped one in the mailbags. It's Jarmal Porter. Should the Saints go with a tight end at number 27 or a DE? I'm so going tight end, defensive end. Yeah, way? tight end, defensive end. Uh, I'm going edge guy. 
I'm going edge. I'm still sticking to my guns on here with uh, actually more of an outside linebacker with Leighton Vander Esch there. But if I had to choose between a defensive end or a tight end at, at that pick, I mean, I, I still would stick with the defense at this point. I mean, bringing in Cameron Meredith kind of shores up your offensive holes that you were trying to field right there, especially with Ben Watson there too. So it's not a necessary need for the offense right now, but I think at that point, once you get there uh, on draft night, that they they're gonna have a hard decision to make because there's a lot there's a lot of it's gonna be a lot of talent later on in the first round going into the second round. D in the comment section says definitely a defensive end. So a little bit of uh, people in the comment section coming on both sides of the of that of that specific issue. A lot of other folks in the comment section here. Uh, Jay being one of them saying, "Where's the cornerback in this year's draft? Where's the cornerback in this draft class or in the in this mock draft?" There, we don't need one at this point. <laughs> like we've got our starters, we've got Ken Crawley. You know, you've <laughs> you've got Marshawn Lattimore. That while some of them were saying they would like another lockdown corner to go opposite Marshawn Lattimore, I guess to them, Ken Crawley doesn't really fit that definition. Yes and no. Um, at this point, I don't think that that's a high priority for him right now because you shore up your pass rush, that makes your secondary better. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I'm a firm believer in that. So if you can get pressure on the quarterback that actually allows the secondary that, that allows von bell marcus williams ken crawley and marshall Lattimore to take more chances to make even more plays on the ball so that's why i'm sticking more of an edge guy outside linebacker dn kind of kind of combo there james in the comment section says why not package three of our extra late round picks together to get a second round pick back I don't know if that really works like that you can't just say hey here's our extra yeah. six can we have your second you know, especially when you're talking about compensatory picks and almost everyone around the league has an extra fifth or a sixth, that's probably where the Saints got these. Right, and there's not a lot of value in those picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's be honest here. Once you get into those later rounds, those guys are fighting for roster spots. Just because you're drafted doesn't mean you're making the team. Mm-hmm. So it'd be able to package those late-round picks up, I don't think anybody's even listening to that. So we've got people all over the place in the comment section. Tehran says, we don't need a corner. So maybe he's with you on that one. Other fans saying, we do need a corner. And then a lot of people in the comment section, the latest being Christy, saying Arden Key. They want him so bad. I'm warming up to the idea of Arden Key. I I think I tell you every day, he is first-round talent, but the red flags, they scare me. If I can reach out and just someone from the Saints organization or from LSU and talk me off this cliff here, I'd feel a lot more comfortable. But every GM and every other front office exec here, they're all thinking the same thing. Why are you leaving your team prior to the season? Why did you come back overweight? And then you're not as productive in 2017 as you were in 2016. That's a big red flag for me. Well, the fact that he was a top 10 borderline pick early in the draft process when they were projecting him, and he's now since fallen to like third or fourth round projections. It's definitely concerning, but he reminds me a lot of DeMontre Moore, who was a guy coming out of Texas A&M, had a ton of sack records mm-hmm. years ago, and was like a top three, top five projection, fell to the third round. He didn't end up working out, but he bounced around the league, got a lot of chances. I don't think there's anything wrong with giving Arden Key the same amount of chances as long as you're not reaching for him in the first or the second round. If he's there in the third when the Saints are picking, if he's there when the when the Saints are picking in the fourth, absolutely go right. for it. But I think as long as you're smart about it, you're not reaching, you're not investing too much in him, 
it's a pretty smart move. Right. If he's there at pick 91 in the third round, I'm running up to the podium at that point. Mm-hmm. First round, I'm questioning. I, I think that's a big reach for him. Again, first round talent, though, but uh, ta- red flags, off the field issues, that, that goes into play. This is a business at this point. This isn't just a game. Yes, you are playing a game, but there are other things that go into this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he's worth the risk on first round. A lot of money on the line with those first yeah, and absolutely. second round picks. All right, I think that'll about wrap things up for us today. If you didn't catch us live, well, I hope you're watching us, re-watching us right now. But if you want to listen to us some other time where you can't really watch us, iTunes. Tell them how to get there. You can go to iTunes, check us out there. You can find the podcast section, Houdat Nation, live 24-7. Every episode will be uploaded there. You can take Houdat Nation Live with you wherever you go, in your car, on your phone, or just when you're around the house. Mm-hmm. He's Brandon Long. I'm Kevin Boylard. Make sure you're keeping it locked at 24-7 Sports, where we're talking your team all the time.